3: Of
2: who we thought they were. But we about to. I get out of hand. Just just tell me I'm a jerk and shut up. Let's go scatter the West right tight. That's left.
4: 372 Y Sticks East
1: The Matt Wyatt Show. He's Radio Wyatt.
3: Well, I'm
2: going to go to college. I'll just play football.
4: Hey, hey! Welcome in. Listen up, lend me your ear, live on day two, this is hour two of day two from SEC Media Day's Hoover, Alabama, here on Radio Row. People walking by, it is hard to do a radio show for a man with ADD. There's too much going on around here. (laughs) I'm in the uh, Farm Bureau studio that's been mobile, went with me to the beach, packed it up, brought it to Hoover, Farm Bureau, Go! With the home team. They are your home team at Farm Bureau. Deal with somebody one on one. Call your agent on your cell phone. You have that fender bender Saturday night at midnight. Call them. Get them out of bed. That's their job. They'll be happy to do it. That is Farm Bureau. All the coverage from Hoover this week brought to you by High Point Roasters Coffee in New Albany, Mississippi. Look them up online, highpointroasters.com. It's the real deal. You need a jolt, go to High Point Roasters. Follow them on Twitter. It's Dan the Coffee Man. Give him a follow-up. A real treat right now for me to sit across from a guy that all of y'all hear, if you, especially if you're an Ole Miss fan on fall Saturdays on the Ole Miss Radio Network, Brett Norsworthy with Sports 56 in Memphis. Brett, what a pleasure.
2: Good Matt, to see you. Matt, it is great to be with you. And like every quarterback I've ever known in my life, your penmanship is exemplary. <laughs> Unbelievable. Every quarterback, I promise you, I've ever known – Y- y'all are all copious note-takers. You have to be in all the meetings you go to and in broadcast meetings, but it started with you being a quarterback first. And every single one of them, I'm telling you, that's in calligraphy, calligraphy <laughs> form. You could send out wedding invitations. Yeah. If you ever needed to, you could. And you ought to, you ought to do a Google, uh, a YouTube search of the real sports feature on Troy Aikman. Wow. And yeah. then that penmanship.
4: So so yeah so handwriting is what we're talking about in there you know and I didn't realize it uh, and Roger I know you're there listening I've got my notes for the show kind of written down here uh, on my notepad and Brett was observing that I never really thought about that but, right. so you've noticed that before with other QBs every
2: quarterback I've ever known y'all Very y'all have great penmanship and then there's my penmanship. <laughs> They're, that's in Sanskrit, hey, isn't look, it? Look, man, it's effective. It's effective.
4: Yeah, you're like doctor. You're like a doctor, though. See, all the wealthy, smart people—they don't write <laughs> very on. well. No, th- so, no. You, know, I think
2: the doctors try to do that. I think they get in the, kind of in, into stereotype, yeah, and see. they think they have to do that they as, as, do as they grow in their practice.
4: It's their way of letting you know non-verbally that I don't really want to write this prescription. That's it. Just that's zip it. Right and, How and, does and, the pharmacist and, understand? It? Yeah, <laughs> that's because well, they they're them. the real smart ones. That's exactly right. You, go. you got it. <clears throat> that's right. Brett Norsworthy on Radio Row, on your radio right now. The, the truth is, in the sixth grade, I think, Russellville, Alabama, I was a big Chucky Mullins fan, as was everybody in Russellville growing How up nice. during that time. Uh, he wore number two for the black sure and did. gold. The Russellville P- played Golden Played some running Titans. back on offense, didn't he? Played, he played everything. Did he? Kick returner. Um, he was an outstanding kick blocker on special teams and stuff, great basketball player. He was everything uh, there at Russell. About that, But I remember in the sixth grade, yeah, we had a, a spelling class, but they would also teach us how to write cursive. And the entire class, uh, Brett had to do all these exercise and paperwork, and, and my teacher came back to me and she goes, hey, just read something. I'm, I'm, we're not going to mess with yours. <laughs> no, so, you you, you at the top age. of the class. That's right. That's <laughs> a, right. a great Chucky story. It, listen, um, what a guy. He was he was unbelievable. You know, listen to this. 19 this would have been about 86 87ish somewhere in there during Chucky's high school career. Towards the end of it, had a great team. They had a running back at Russell named Armon White played at UNA. They had a quarterback played at UNA. They had a receiver named um, Cedric Golson played at UNA. Chucky was the best player. The only, you know, SEC recruit. They played back then they hosted state championship games. Mm-hmm. So instead of going to Birmingham, if you earned the right, you'd host it. Russellville hosted Greenville for the uh, 5A state championship. And I went to the game. Remember, it was freezing cold. And the head coach of the Greenville team that beat Chucky Mullins and Russellville that night in Russellville for the state championship was Willis Wright from the state of Mississippi who went on to coach South Panola and began what became the, U. the University of South wow, Carolina. Wow,
2: great story. The last two years, I have it. In my old Miss years, this year starting the 12th year, a lot of honors, a lot of things to be. I, I was honored to do, a lot of privileges, a lot of fun things to do. But the last two years, the single biggest one, I've been the MC of the Chucky e. Mullins breakfast two years ago. This year it was more lunchtime. And every year it is the living personification of the Jimmy V admonition. We're going to think, we're going to laugh, and we're going to cry. At some point that day, everybody's just a mess. I almost almost (laughs) become telling the story. Sure. We we have fond memories for the laughter, and everybody thinks what an impactful life that Roy Lee Chucky Mullins had.
4: He really did. A kid from nothing came from nothing in Russellville and made it. Uh, I encourage you it 'd be off the wall but it 's an hour from Tupelo now with the construction of highway twenty four up there north of Iuca or not north of Iuka, but north of uh, um, what am I trying to say Belmont uh uh-huh. You can get there in an hour from Tupelo go to a Russell high school game It's it 's something else now, even to this day. it is a football community. they have uh, half their stadium built into the side of a hill it looks bigger than it is.
2: That's Um, great. You ought to go see I still love high school football. And when you
4: drive up, when you drive up, I went and visited the stadium the other day. I was coming back from North Carolina. I just had to pop in and look at it. I just went to grade school there. When you drive up to the stadium, you turn on the stop sign to go into park, and there's a big sign, Chucky Mullins Way. Oh, man. Right into the stadium. That's something.
2: And, and Matt, I love going back and seeing – because you know it, it's the great, it's the great book and the, a great story in the passage of, of the Peggy Noonan book about President Reagan. What I saw at the Revolution the name of the book, and she has a, a, a chapter. Everybody comes from somewhere. We do. Mm-hmm. We, we we all start somewhere. We all start little league football somewhere. That's right. And I love to go see the stadiums from whence they came. And one time I was in Philadelphia, Mississippi. Went to Williams General Store and visited with, with Sid Williams. You got to make got to make that <laughs> stop. But I wanted to go to the stadium where Marcus Dupree played high school oh, football yeah. and went to the home of the Philadelphia Tornadoes and walked down the middle of the field. And a few years ago I was com- coming to this event, to SEC Media Days, from Tuscaloosa and drove by McAdory High School, and I said, I got to. So I pulled in, Bo Jackson's high school, and I was kind of walking around in a nice, like, superintendent of grounds. You know, sir, what do you, you know, can I help you with something? I said, I'm just looking. He said, well, come on, let me give you the full tour. He gave me the tour. I said, man, these facilities are great. He said, now, they didn't look like this when Bo was here. He paid for all this. Uh-huh. <laughs> but to see where the great one, the great man Bo Jackson with the McAdora Yellow Jackets yeah. play, I, I love go, going and seeing those. And I don't get to go to a lot of high school football anymore, you know, because we're busy on, on Friday nights with sure. with either traveling or d- duties with Ole Miss. But I, I still love high school football. And when I came through in the 70s, Every high school band in the country, the one song they all knew, the theme to a y five o
4: every band played it <laughs> you know, and there are a few that still do yeah uh, thank goodness, one of those traditions that may not uh, ever die. Brett Norsworthy on your radio right now, follow him on Twitter if you don 't at brett norsworthy uh, he 's on three to six on sports fifty six in Memphis and uh, also pre and post game on the Ole Miss. Uh, IMG, as you say IMG Network now, it's Learfield IMG. Learfield IMG. The merger. Yes. Yeah, so. Um, Got to get the bosses in. Got to get them in there. That's exactly right. So, Ole Miss is here today. I saw yeah. Matt Corral uh, a little bit earlier. Um, you know, Can not, you ever remember a freshman here? I don't remember a freshman coming. Not at quarterback. Either, N- no, it but-
2: and a lot on him, and I think it speaks to his development, his maturity level to bring him into this this cauldron of, uh, of media. And also, I think it speaks to, to Matt Luke's trust in him, trust vis-a-vis. Rich Rodriguez is the new offensive coordinator. I think it speaks very highly of all of them. You can do all the talking you want during talking season, yeah. but ball's got to be played starting August 31st. And all my Razorback friends want to talk about week two when the Razorbacks come to Oxford yeah. for the SEC opener. Ole Miss, we can't afford to talk week two. We got a very, very, very busy week one, and you know, to start 1-0 and would make week two
4: even more fun. Start 0-1 against the Memphis Tigers makes week two really big. Right, and, you know, the dynamic of that week one game, it's not just that it's Ole Miss versus Memphis. What, you have a 10 minute drive, 15 minute drive to the stadium for you, you know, right there. It's not just that it's that, it's also that you got uh, Coach McIntyre taking over that defense. He's going to improve them. He's that kind of coach for the Ole Miss defense. But it's week one out of the gates against Norvell and that offense at Memphis who they score on everybody.
2: They do. They score on everybody. Mike Norvell is very accomplished offensive coach with Riley Ferguson. It was probably more fireworks than it was with Brady White last year. But Brady had a great – you just look at his statistical line last year. It was really good. Now, they do lose Daryl Henderson from, yeah. from South Panola from the aforementioned South Panola, but they, they got Patrick Taylor. Week one's going to be tough. Already installed, six-and-a-half-point favorite by those guys that keep up with that uh, out there in the desert, as Brent Musburger would say. Yeah. So, and, and, and why wouldn't Memphis be favored? They, right now their program is, is a little more solid sure. in, in Mike, under Mike Norvell. Matt Luke's trying to get there experienced quarterback and the last time we played there and took a lot better team in 2015 than this team we're going to take on opening day they dusted us by 13.
4: Yeah I remember that game as one Brett where there were a couple of we're all human I'm not calling anybody out but a couple of mistakes on decisions to go on it go for fourth down. And play your nose
2: guard at fullback and they drop him on his head and he's concussed and misses two games. Brett
4: the, I, that I, that was that was the, um, the head scratcher of all head Up scratchers. Fourteen
2: to nothing after the first quarter, and you go gadgets. Why? Yeah, just, just run your offense, run your stuff. You've got them reeling. Now we did hit hit them on a gadget play with La, Laquan early on That's the right. quarterback pass. So so that worked, but but at some point. Let's just settle in and play football and protect well, this lead. And
4: I felt like back then. Instead of then trying too, to dazzle. Right, because I felt like in that game it almost sent a message to everybody in the stadium of, we're not real sure we could beat them straight up. Had to kind of go gimmick. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, I,
2: I think when you run a trick play too early in the game, you're saying, I kind of got to dazzle you instead of just do it. Yeah. yeah.
4: So, anyway, um, it's a kind of a rematch of that. Headed back up there to the. To the short corner end zones in Liberty Bowl Stadium. Very tight. You throw a fade route at the Liberty Bowl, you better hit that front pylon as opposed to that back one.
2: Because there's no room. (laughs) And, and, you know, we tried a a year of Canadian football in that – with, with, that, with those yeah. dimensions. It didn't work very well, <laughs> but one of the great things, legendary, the late, great Memphis broadcaster Jack Eaton was doing the Canadian League game opening night, and Gary Anderson that played at Arkansas, played for the Tampa Bay Bandits in USFL with Steve Spurrier. He was back to receive the punt, and Jack Eaton said, Gary Anderson in punt return formation, he receives it at the 30, 35, 40, 45, 50. Great Caesars goes to the 55, 50. He, he didn't miss a beat Count, <laughs> counting down a 110-yard field, Matt. It was great to hear him denote the 55-yard line.
4: you don't hear that too much unless it's a mistake, you know, know, these days. Well, I've heard uh, – this
2: is kind of a bit of high school announcer thing. I've heard some forget to descend. Uh
4: 30, 40, 50, 60. 60. No, it ain't the 60. (laughs) It ain't the 60. (laughs) Hit rewind on that one. Brett Norsworthy on your radio right now. Live on Radio Row, Hoover, Alabama, SEC Media Days day two. Ole Miss is here today. All of my coverage brought to you by High Point Roasters Coffee in New Albany. Um, first game I ever played in in college was at uh, uh, Liberty Bowl. It was hot as all get out. We won the game. Derek Tate rolled his ankle, went into the game. I thought I was the third-string quarterback. Uh-oh. Because they had never changed anything on our, our race board in the office. But when he went down, they called me and, you know, put Why me I in Why go there. in? Went in there and got to play. I threw a completion to Lamont Woodbury. He went airborne, caught it, came down, his helmet was off. And ran off to the sideline. He had ripped half his ear off. It, not completely off, but it was dangling. They go in. They sew it up, stitch it up put his helmet on and send him back out to us for the second half of the ball game. <laughs> Rub some dirt
2: on it, man. And yeah. that that was at the Liberty Bowl when the visitors in the home locker rooms were across the hall from each other. Right there. And there was a lot of stuff that went on in that tunnel in those days in a lot of games.
4: They'd hold us up, let one team go in, and then let then once they're clear, let the other team go. Yeah. Matt,
2: uh, Matt this morning I did an Arkansas show, and, and the, the host back in the studio in Little Rock was going rapid fire, kind of real quick, uh, just rat-a-tat-tat at me, and went alphabetically – Greatest coach, greatest player in school's history. When I got to Mississippi State, greatest player, I said Dak. And, and greatest coach, and, and I, did, I didn't go your coach. I didn't go Coach Cheryl. I went, I went Dan, but also this proviso for Dak, I said if he's not, I said Eric Moles was.
4: No was in the ballpark? Absolutely. Okay. Brett, listen, I think, I think if you had had SEC network type exposure – for everybody in the SEC back then in the early 90s when Eric Moles played at State.
2: What a ball player.
4: It, there were plays that he made that we'd be watching on loop, you know, uh, when they show highlights. But because back then, you know, even when he was there, 93, 94, yeah. not every game was on television. That's right. And you certainly didn't have wall-to-wall He was in a little bit him.
2: of a bubble then.
4: Right. But he made plays that and, – and, you know, kick returns and things that – he was a takeover player. Moles could take over games. And then
2: outstanding pro career in the fall of 94. I, can't, I, 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 wasn't work, I wasn't with Ole Miss then. I was just kind of going around week to week covering games. And it was a classic Alabama-Mississippi State game in Starkville. Dennis Riddle scored late. I, yeah, I know you remember. Sure. Moles was wide open at the end of the game and really good player. And the next week, the late, great George Lapitas that I was working with, he was my boss. He hired me. He was my boss. He had had a detached retina and was on the DL. And so I I had the show all to myself. And we would have Bill Lumpkin from the Birmingham News on with us every Wednesday at 5 o'clock. And Bill Lumpkin came on talking about Jack Jackson at Florida and what a great receiver he was. And I promise you, Matt, I said it in this tone very respectfully. I said, respectfully, uh, Mr. Bill, I, I don't even think Jack Jackson's the best receiver right now in the SEC, much less historically. He said, well, who do you think's better? I said, Eric Moles. When I got home that night, when I walked in, the phone was ringing, and George was chewing me out. He said, you don't need to show up, Bill Lumpkin, like that. You, you don't, don't do that. I said, I wasn't trying to show up anybody. I was okay. just trying to be conversant.
4: Sure, right. Well, and I, I don't think you were maybe all that far off. I knew time. I was right. And the pro career showed it. Yeah, that's right. A bunch of pro bowls and was a heck of a player. When Jack
2: Jackson flamed out, what, after two years with the Bears?
4: He did. He yeah. did. And he was great in college, but he was in a good situation in college, too. Uh, no doubt now, about I
2: say this lovely. Chris Doring was a great receiver in college.
4: He's not far from
2: us, and I well, love him.
4: And, and listen, that's the, the great separator in the NFL is uh, there's a lot of great offensive players in the NFL, but defenses in the NFL, it's just a, there are no open windows.
2: Well, it's, it's, it's what happened, kind of the Danny Werfel-Chris-Doring combo in the
4: pros. If you're
2: a little bit late in the pros, you're real late. That's exactly right.
4: No doubt about it. Brett Norsworthy on your radio right now. Rich Rodriguez taking over the Ole Miss offense. Everybody wonders what is that actually ultimately going to mean and look like. What do you think? I think it will mean a little more balance. We're never going back to
2: huddle and eye formation and ground and pound and I, I sure don't think we can afford to do that at Ole Miss because if you can't be the super jumbo package, heavy-duty team, you better be different, and right now we can't be the former. we got to kind of be the latter, and that's, it's just where the game's going. And I think Coach Rodriguez very much wants to have a little more balance late in the game, maybe like, say, for instance, up ten points at home against South Carolina with nine minutes to play. Let's don't have back-to-back three and outs and chew up maybe – 45 seconds of the of the game clock
4: when you're Look, lacking depth on defense
2: when and, and you're you're exhausted yeah. you know let's belly it to scotty phillips let's let's get a little talk try to get something on edge sure. to woolard maybe to jerry on and see what he can do maybe just a quarterback keeper and matt be smart and, and and live for another play and dip it out of bounds don't don't try to run over a linebacker you can't high school's over dip it out of bounds take uh do a hook slide and work on some clock and try to protect some lead. Late in a Vanderbilt game, uh, the, the same the same case happened on the road last year. Run it a little more. Maybe uh, uh, find out that we the, the tight end is indeed eligible
4: and, and throw it to him. <laughs> right. Right. Where's Evan Ingram? Right, You know, those days. You know, throw it to that rascal. Big old there. Octavius Cooley. Get it to him. Yeah. Get him the football some. I, I like that evaluation. You know, last
2: year I just thought it was – you know, it was, it was just so net, sad not throwing the ball more to, to Dawson Knox. Yeah, I mean, he was running wide open down the hash marks a lot of the year, and the play wasn't designed to go to him. It you know, it was largely AJ. and That's a pretty good plan. Yeah, that's a real good plan. But defenses know that too. Yeah, that's I mean, right. They know where you're going with the ball.
4: Right, you're not you're not being balanced and spreading the ball around just to be nice to people. You're doing it because it hurts the defense
2: to keep them off balance. And right. the, these defensive coaches, man. While we're talking right now and during talking season, they're game planning.
4: Yeah, buddy. Because it's
2: no fun being a defensive coach out there anymore. That's right.
4: Not anymore. And, you know, those guys are – you know, you take a bob shoot. You know, you're a 20-year veteran, been successful everywhere you've been. You're making a million dollars a year. And on game day, it's 20-year-old quarterback versus defensive coordinator. That's the mind game. It's not offensive coordinator versus defensive. Mm -mm. It's quarter because quarterbacks – It's Baker Mayfield. It's Trevor Lawrence. That's exact. tonga Valoa. It's Dua
2: coming at you. Get you
4: some. You know, and so it's how are you gonna stop those guys it, when they've got now the RPO, and they're calling run plays and pass plays on the same play.
2: Yeah, you know, it's so Keaton. It, it it's the Penn State transfer coming at you. That yeah. you better you better be ready to stop. And you know we've been we're in a good run of quarterback play at Ole Miss, starting with Bo Wallace, then Chad, yeah. then then Jordan Tiamu, and now Matt Corral's got to do that. But of those quarterbacks listed, I think my favorite was Bo. 39 out of 39 times, his name was in that on that starting lineup card, and he went out there, 39 straight starts, yeah. shoulder busted up, taped up, you know, st- stitched together a lot of times, and oh, Bo went out there and delivered.
4: He sure did, was a winner. He was a winner. You know, and, and, and always not fast, but would run the ball. You Deceptive. Know? Yeah, he'd make yards if you gave it to him. Yeah, he
2: would. And, and and you know, in the Alabama game in 2014, the Katy Perry day, the the my my favorite day in my time that I've I've been with Ole Miss, it, it was just electric. That day, you, you think of those passes he made from oh, the yeah. pocket down the middle of the field against a Nick Saban, Kirby Smart secondary, Jeremy Pruitt secondary too. Yeah, I mean all those guys and all those stars out there for Alabama and Obo he. He really manned up that day, and that he was my favorite in that stretch. But now it's, it's Matt Corral's time, and he's got some good weapons. You know, what happens against Texas A&M down the stretch last year if Scotty doesn't get hurt early in that game? Yep, that's
4: right. Scotty Phillips back for another year. It's going to be fun to watch. Brett, can't thank you enough. Matt, thank you. Anytime. We, we could talk a long time. I'd It'd love to. It always seems short. Thank you. All right, thank you. That's Brett Norsworthy. Follow him on Twitter. He's with the Ole Miss Network and Sports 56 in Memphis. Live from Hoover, still going on. Stick around.
3: You're listening to The Matt Wyatt Show.
1: Back
4: on the show, live from Hoover, Alabama. It's SEC Media Days, day two, with Ole Miss making an appearance today. Matt Luke, Matt Corral, and others. Hope you enjoyed that conversation. To begin, hour two here with Brett Norsworthy, pregame, postgame hosts for Ole Miss Football on their radio network. Also, hosts a show in the afternoons on Sports 56 in Memphis and a good friend. Uh, good trips down memory lane and also talking a little bit about what they're up against at Ole Miss this year expect to be improved on the defensive side of the ball truth about it is after last year nowhere to go but up offensively have to continue maybe find some balance he thinks with Rich Rodriguez which they haven't really had in some situations not enough balance in recent years anyway which will really help that defense if they can find some times to run the football a little more consistently shorten the games a bit keep the defense off the field so I would think certainly that is a part of the Uh, The system of goals or uh, (laughs) things they want to accomplish this year if they are going to have a better year on the field. All my coverage here this week live from SEC Media Days uh, brought to you in part by High Point Roasters Coffee in New Albany. If you haven't tried it, you need to. I've had a little bit of everything that they have. Uh, My favorite right now is that New Albany blend. They have a, a bicentennial blend that uh, I've had a lot as well. But if you're a coffee drinker, I'm just telling you the best you're going to get and the freshest. Like if you're in Mississippi and you get online at highpointroasters.com, you order it, they're immediately going to stick it in the mail. Uh, Priority, it'll be there within a couple of days, and uh, it'll be fresh. You'll open the box, and the smell will knock you down. It'll smell so good. I get the beans. I grind them, put it in a press, and I can't recommend it enough. So here we are, day two. Ole Miss has um, made its appearance Today, you're on to the afternoon. Now you got Texas A&M and Tennessee upstairs doing interviews, Jeremy Pruitt, Jimbo Fisher. Jimbo came into the front the lobby over here to my left uh, about 30 minutes ago, saw him come in, and fans were there waiting on him, and he never even took his sunglasses off, just left them on the whole time as he's indoors signing autographs and then riding up the escalator wearing sunglasses as well. <laughs> I don't know what that means. I'm just, just an observation. That's, that's all it is. Uh, here on Radio Row in the Farm Bureau studio, Farm Bureau, go with the home team and staying connected to you this week remotely because of C Spire, the number one network in Mississippi. C customer-inspired, reminding you if your phone's a little banged up, rough around the edges, hop on into a C Spire location. They can fix it for you, any phone, any carrier. They'll fix your phone most times while you wait. That's at C Spire. again, customer-inspired. A little bit of Q&A upstairs earlier with old Miss head football coach Matt Luke. Uh, here he is. And
3: click the
2: Daily Mississippian. What is your goal for the program over the next few years, and what are some critical things that need to happen
3: in order to get there? Yeah, absolutely. So I think uh, the immediate goal this year is getting back to the postseason. I think that I think that's a, that's a huge thing. It wasn't too long ago that this program was competing for championships. And I think, uh, you know, this young team, they got to go out there and compete and they got to grow, and that, that's what has to happen. But the immediate goal for this year is to get this team back to the postseason and then start getting back into the hunt for winning championships.
4: The coach will go alongside this aisle to our right, all the way in the back. Chuck Ronceville, from the Old Miss Spirit. Coach, based on the performance last year of the defense, what what gives you optimism this year? Expound on that, please.
3: Yeah, so I, I think um, we got a lot of players on that side of the ball that have played a bunch of football. And uh, just, just really pleased in the spring to see them buy in to Mike McIntyre's system. You know, Mike is a great coach. I saw their confidence grow. I saw them play with that chip on their shoulder because, like you said, they've, they've taken a lot of heat over the years. And I think uh, when we take the field against Memphis, I think you're going to see a fundamentally sound defense that they're lined up in the right spot and their eyes are in the right spot. And, and again, we've got to, you know, I think with Josiah Codney and Benito Jones and Tariqus Tisdale and our front seven all coming back, a lot of experience in the secondary, I just think you're going to see a much, much better defense uh, against Memphis. Coach will go over here to our left front row, Parish.
2: Parrish all for Tupelo. Matt, uh, what is it about Kadir Shepherd that makes you guys think he's a good fit as an outside linebacker in the three-four?
3: Uh, you know, Backing him away and letting him move in space, he's a very good athlete, so he doesn't look awkward. Sometimes we you take a defensive end and move him in space, they look awkward. Uh, he's able to play out there in space and also come down and rush the passer. You know, freeing him up and getting him in a little bit more space, he seemed much more comfortable out there. He has ability to uh, to play coverage, and that's the unique thing about this 3-4 is you never really know where the fourth rusher is coming from. So I think you'll see him rush the passer some and, and dropping into coverage some, and I think that it just. Kind of fits his game,
4: which will go all the way in the center section, right in front of me, all the way back.
1: Hey, Matt Brooks, Cabina again from the Advocate. I mean, you guys had. Traditionally recruiting, and then the advent of the grad transfer rule kind of expanding, and now the NCAA
4: transfer portal. What, what all goes into roster building now, and like what are the strategies for that as a coach?
3: No, it, it is. I think everybody's dealing with this uh, with the new transfer portal, and it is a uh, you know, I think it's still very, very new, so everybody's trying to kind of feel their way through it. But you got guys leaving to go early to the NFL, you have the transfer portal, so it becomes a bigger challenge to try to manage that roster and keep that number at 85.
4: All right, we'll go right down in front of us. Coach, third row.
2: Nate Gabler, Oxford Eagle. Coach, you talked about technology and how players have kind of grown up around it. I've heard NFL coaches and some teams will, like, give phone breaks or stuff during uh, team meetings. Is there anything specifically you do to kind of address those sort of things?
3: Well, I think, uh, I think them having iPads to take notes on, you know, back I think the days of walking in there with a notebook – are over. They, they they enjoy seeing stuff uh, on the screen and seeing the plays happen. They have the pencils, they take the, the notes on the iPad. So I think as far as technology, I think the kids learn that way and, and then obviously, you know, trying to take it from there to the walkthroughs where where you're always trying to change and trying to figure out what's best for your players.
4: Okay, we'll go back in the center section towards the back again.
2: Uh, Coach, Jake Evans with the Rebel Walks. So you're going into your second full season, and like you said, you don't have that dark cloud hanging over your head anymore. Is the approach any different going into the season, knowing that you, there, that dark cloud's not there and that you have another year under your belt?
3: Well, I, think there, I just think there's a lot of energy and a lot of confidence in our building because of that. I mean, you, you see it in recruiting. It's fun to be able to walk into a, a living room of a recruit and not have to talk about any of that stuff. You have the opportunity to sell Ole Miss and, and Oxford for what it is, and, and uh, you don't have to worry about all the other garbage. So I just think the uh, just the overall feel of normalcy, even coming here today and answering questions about football, has been refreshing.
4: All right, so that's a little of the Q&A upstairs with Matt Luke, head coach, Ole Miss. Um, also, you had players here today, a lot about Matt Corral, but Momo Sanogo, the leading tackler there for Ole Miss a year ago, their middle linebacker, here also and brett hudson caught up well yeah i think you had a couple of guys asking him a couple of questions upstairs earlier so here's Sonogo, uh, linebacker ole miss
1: in years now everybody's talked about how bad uh, the defense was how, and before i got there you know it was already talked to me about how bad the linebacker call was and then now we're looking to as one of the strengths on the defense and we're just moving forward. Like the defense is looked to it as a weakness at full Miss this year. We're trying to move it to as a strength. It's a positive for the Ole Miss runners. So miss the land sharks, so we're trying to uh, prove everybody wrong, turn some heads. You know, let everybody talk about those those land shots. What's what's the easiest way to do that other than just being better statistically? Is there one particular emphasis that can turn that around quickly? Um. Just knowledge of the game, but basically knowledge of the defense, really understanding it, and knowing it, and knowing when to, where to be. Like we, through this, we've only had one spring with McIntyre so far, and, and everybody's in the right spots and the right places, and that's really because we have a lot of veterans on the defense, a lot of guys that are coming back. If you look at our roster, it's a bunch of juniors and seniors, so it's uh, a lot of guys that played in those defenses but are really good and are ready to prove people wrong. You kind of became.
4: All right, so a little bit of uh, Momo Sonogo, linebacker, Ole Miss, um, Brett Hudson Q and A with him up there. Brett asked him a little bit about the, you know, the improvement this year they are looking for, and then what is that? And you hear those comments there. He's just saying, look, one thing we're older, and I can tell you from experience too, that's a big deal. A bunch of older guys gonna play better. They just are. All right, we'll wrap it up next. We'll talk with Chuck Oliver, the Chuck Oliver Show. All over the southeast, you can hear him, including on the zone 1059. So stick around live for media days in the Farm Bureau studio.
3: You're listening to The Matt Wyatt Show.
1: About that, the end of the conversation.
4: (laughs) Back on the show, live from Radio Row, SEC Media Days, Hoover, Alabama. All my coverage here this week presented by High Point Roasters Coffee in New Albany, Mississippi. Head on up there. Or check them out online. Highpointroasters.com is where I get all of mine. From Dan the Coffee Man, follow him on Twitter if you don't already. Farm Bureau Studio, Farm Bureau, go with the home team, live on Radio Row. And now joined by Chuck Oliver from the Chuck Oliver Show. Y'all listen to his show pretty much every night. I know you do. Around 8 p.m. here on uh, The Zone, 105. 9, Jackson Central, Mississippi. Chuck, great to see you, man. Yeah,
0: hey, I appreciate you having me on, man. I appreciate the invitation. Uh, and I owe you. You've come on my program probably <laughs> 25 different times. And uh, so finally, I can even the score a little bit.
4: Yeah, here we go. Yeah, making a comeback, right? Yeah. Uh, a little bit ago, Jarrett uh, Jared Garantano walked through. Yep. And uh, you know he's a bigger kid, I think, than people realize if they were to see him in person. But he's a sharp fella and played pretty well last year in that Auburn game.
0: Oh, that was the uh, the high point of the year for him. And I think high point is kind of the the, the key there because you look at on the perimeter, I mean, it's Callaway and Palmer and Jawan Jennings who still has eligibility. I mean, it's all of these six three, six four guys. And that one Saturday didn't it kind of come together? Yeah, it really did. You're like. Oh, that's what's possible. Yeah, that's right. But what's the word? Every quarterback coach, every head coach, every OC. I think mean, consistent. I and mean, yeah, Consistent, consistent, it. consistent. Um, he's got to have help from the – I mean, you know this. This is not news to you. There's no position in any sport that has as much context to it as quarterback. Yeah. you got to block for him. you got to catch it. Yeah. Uh, you got to have the right play call. Um, it. You may do everything perfect, and you're throwing against Darrell Revis, and it's a pick. It's not yeah. even an incompletion. It's a, I did everything perfect. That's just kind of how it is in the SEC. And so that's been the majority of his Saturdays. But when a kid shows you, and this is – I remember back when I used to coach, head coach came to me one time. I was coaching defensive line. He's like, this kid, the kid's name was Scott. He says, Scott's shown you what he can do. Your job is to get him to do it as often as possible. Uh He says that's the essence of coaching, whatever a kid can do. And so that's where they are with Jarrett Gorantana at uh, Tennessee.
4: Yeah, you know, I think about Dan Mullen. He always would say about quarterbacks – the the key is not making the great plays all the time. The key for quarterback is making the average, you know, mundane play every time.
0: Yeah. That's the, the key to the position. You know, the Eli throw in the Super Bowl, or the other Eli throw in the Super Bowl, that's all well and good. Hit the skinny post, hit yeah. the hit the slant, hit the hit the bubble perfectly in stride so the guy doesn't have to stop or maybe reach back behind him so he has to then spin and yeah. it throws off. Complete the eight yard pass. Right. You know, yeah,
4: absolutely. Um, as long as you've been covering SEC football, did you ever think we would look up at a time and see Tennessee just wallowing around, kind of at the bottom of that division, as long as they have been?
0: No, and that's a pretty brutal description you just gave, but it's also accurate, mm-hmm. and um, so it's fair for you to describe it that. I'm like, dang, man! Yeah. I was like, no, oh, wait a minute, he's telling the truth. Yeah. Um, And I was talking to some Tennessee folks, uh, you know, before I left, actually, some acquaintances of mine, and I was like, what do you want this year? He's like, I don't want to get embarrassed against Alabama or Georgia, and I want to go to a bowl game. And I'm looking at him, and I'm thinking, okay, well, you've been getting embarrassed against Alabama and Georgia, and nobody likes that, so I get it. And you want to go to a bowl game. You want a 13th game, which you didn't get last year or two years ago. I get that. I looked at him, and after thinking of all how it was reasonable and a decent request, and I understand – looked at him I said dude you're Tennessee have some standards
4: yeah yeah well and you know I'm I'm old enough to remember when I close my eyes and I think of Tennessee football you know I think you don't want
0: to go up there you don't want to you don't want to go to Knoxville you are meat on the bone for them when you roll into Neyland
4: and and uh, you know again I know he's the AD now and this is a cringeworthy comment for Tennessee fans but I just think about the Philip Fulmer days you're right it was a team you did not look forward to play especially in Knoxville that, they, was a, that was a loss.
0: They would line up in a 40. Mm-hmm. They would hang the corners out in man coverage. Yeah. And they would blitz out of the skyboxes. Yeah. They would run. Chief would come up with every – I mean, there's only two things on defense. You can either dial up pressure or dial up coverage. Right. Somehow he'd do both. And, I mean, he would put those kids out hanging on for dear life in the secondary. <laughs> but if you got the right corners, you could do that. And going up to Knoxville, his calls always seemed different at home, didn't they? Yes. Way more aggressive. aggressive. And he would see. he would use the crowd – it was just—it was a disaster. You didn't want to go up there. Now it's just another place. Right,
4: that's exactly right. Uh, kind of a novelty almost. And and so they've got to get back to something. And you know, part of their issue is that other team that's ro- walking around in here, and that's Kirby Smart in Georgia. Nobody in the, has anybody in the country stacked up five-star players like Georgia. I mean, we might say Alabama, but have they?
0: Um, Alabama would be the exception right now, currently, like today, on Georgia's roster. They have 15 five-star players. <laughs> Missouri's had four in their history. All right? So, now, I know we haven't had five. We didn't have star ratings back in the 50s and 60s and all that. And I'm sure. sure that there was a Missouri player in 1967 who would have been a five-star. Sure. But since we started having recruiting rankings, like South Carolina has had five five-star players yeah. in their history. I think Kentucky's had two. Yeah. Georgia has 15 right now. Right now. How are you going to beat them? And even make it simpler than that. Boil it down to the line of scrimmage. It's the only sport where I am allowed to put my hands on you and move you, which means if I'm bigger, stronger, meaner, tougher, and I cheat, then I can move you. And I played offensive tackle, so I know about cheating. Um, That's just what it is. And when you've got – an upper class like Ben Cleveland. He was a guard out of a place called Stevens County coming out of high school. They redshirted him because, you know, it takes a different time for everybody. Right, sure. Five-star guard, one of the top-rated kids in America. He's now going to be a fourth-year junior. Um, our buddy Cole Kublick had tweeted out his top SEC guards about a week ago. Solomon Kinley was one, who's the left guard. Right. Ben Cleveland was two. My immediate takeaway was, Cole, I don't think Ben's starting. How about I that? Don't, I, don't th- I think Kate Mays may start, or Jamari Sawyer, or Trey Hill.
4: But it's not a given.
0: No, and he might be the second-best run-blocking guard in the entire conference, and he may be splitting reps. Splitting reps. That's not real.
4: You know, and, and so we talk about, you know, kids transferring out of there, but at, in, in the context of our conversation now, you're like, so what? You know, because – Beeson,
0: bye. Yeah. Justin Fields, next. Um, you, you know, there is an exploration of that. Um, I know that we, we both obviously follow L, uh, SEC, which means LSU, and year after year after year, weren't they setting that benchmark for we lost eight guys early, nine guys early, 11 guys early. Right. And I remember the year that Tyran Matthew got suspended for the whole season. Uh-huh. If you count him as an early departure, I think they had like 12 right. guys. And finally, even at LSU, the early departures caught up. Yeah. It'll catch up with everybody eventually. Yeah. It hadn't caught up with Bama. It hadn't caught up with Clemson. It hadn't caught up with Georgia. Right. But it does, everybody's.
4: At some point if it continues.
0: And yeah, like Alabama this year. Yeah. If they have an injury at quarterback, a little different than they had an injury last year.
4: No doubt about it. That is no question. Chuck Oliver on your radio. Y'all follow him on Twitter if you don't already. At King CFB, stands for college football. 680 the fan. Chuck Oliver show. Like you say, y'all hear it here every night on The Zone. Chuck, uh, Ole Miss, what's your perception of that team and program right now?
0: Um, it has to get better on defense. And that is the real uh, – that's, that's the real code to crack yeah. um, for Matt Luke and, and McIntyre because Rich Rod's going to dial up some points. All right, he'll get you some yards. He'll get you some points. Matt Corral's talented. they got some fast guys that can run around. That means you're in the passing business at that point. Uh, with Scotty Phillips, I think they're also going to be in the running business. Yeah. Their offensive line is at least a little better than most people think because all we pay attention to is who's, who's leaving. Oh, tunsil has gone. Greg Little's gone. All these guys gone. they got some talent coming back. Um, one of them, as a matter of fact, that they had here today at SEC Media Days. Uh, but defensively, if you can't stop the run, you can't get off the field. Yeah. And that's the bottom line. And any O.C. worth his salt. If you can run the ball, you're going to. And if it's third and two and you're playing defensive tackle and you realize it's just a formality until it's first and ten,
3: mm-hmm.
0: Matt, there is nothing more deflating for a defensive player than I can't stop the run. Yeah. Because you know it's all day. Yeah. And with Scotty Phillips, you know, on offense you might be able to replicate that. If you've got a redshirt freshman having a bad day at quarterback on defense, I don't have any answers because they just don't have the horses. They don't have enough of them.
4: Sure. That's why you got to recruit the defense because it's – the whole thing is about players more than X's and O's but especially defense. Yeah, absolutely. Jimmy, Jimmy's and Joe's. Yep former lineman and that's I really enjoy your coverage and your show and your conversations that we have because we get to talk about the line of scrimmage because that's where games won and lost
0: yeah and I just you know it's I keep I, I tell everybody I talk about it regularly Matt that Football's not complicated. Yeah, it's not. It's just math. Yeah, it really you know, is. That's you've right. got five guys. Well, I've got six. That's it. You've We're got four guys. Well, I'm, I'm gonna have five. I'm gonna flood the zone. I'm gonna overload this blitz. I'm going It's math.
4: That's it. That's exactly right. I'm counting my safeties. Is there two or one? And Where is dict- he? And right. that dictates everything else.
0: Well, if he ain't there, he's somewhere. Okay, I found him.
4: <laughs> I found him. And then you find the one-on-one matchup, and, and
0: you see that defensive back kind of hunching over, trying to take baby steps up to the line uh-huh. of scrimmage as you're about to snap it. He's like, "No, I see you." Yeah, he's not doing that because he wants to. There's no, a reason for no, it. Oh, no.
4: Well, I saw you creeping down Radio Row, and I really appreciate you sitting down for a minute.
0: No, Matt. anytime, Matt, you call, brother. All
4: right. All Thank right. you so much. Chuck Oliver with The Chuck Oliver Show. Y'all follow him on Twitter at KingCFB. And uh, The Chuck Oliver Show at Chuck Oliver Show. Follow him if you don't already. Based in Atlanta, 680 The Fan, The Flagship. And, of course, you can hear it nightly on uh, The Zone, 1059. Uh, so check him out. So a fun second day here at uh, SEC Media Days in Hoover. It's been fun so far, and actually a lot going on. So four teams today. We're going to have four tomorrow. Let me give you a preview real quick of the rest of the week. They have an app that if you're a registered media member here at SEC Media Days, you get we get a code to download this app, and all the information is right there as opposed to using paper. So if I'm looking at tomorrow, Steve Shaw, coordinator of officials, will speak again in the morning. He'll be on tomorrow's show. And Nick Saban in Alabama, along with Tua Tonga-Valoa, will be here tomorrow in the morning session, in the afternoon session, starting at 1.30. Mississippi State and Joe Moorhead and Errol Thompson and company. So tomorrow's going to be a fun day. Arkansas and South Carolina, the other two teams tomorrow as well. For Roger, I'm Matt from the Farm Bureau Studio. Stick
3: around. See. You. You're listening to the Matt Wyatt show.